Hey, welcome back to the Menagerie of Mystery. I'm Dr. Scorpion Blood. Let me just get my glasses here. Uh, six lenses, smudges on all of them. Can you believe it? Alright, here we are. It's uh, getting tougher and tougher to keep your work from following you home. And that could be a bad thing. Just ask a virologist or a prison guard. Recently I saw the unfortunate consequences of overworking when a friend of mine let their work-life balance go all out of whack. That's a story I'll call Marbles. I was in one of my fights with insomnia one night, mulling through my contact list. All the other night owls were online as well, and mostly we were keeping each other silent company. Presently, a video call request came in. Hello? Hey. Ah, oh, hey Dan, how's it going? Burning the midnight oil? Uh, yeah, I'm just going over some reports from work. It's, it's a total headache. I guess that's the life of a mathematician, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we've been trying to generate some model for sphere packing. Now, we had some really interesting results, but a deadline's coming up, and grant funding's getting kind of thin. Sphere packing? Isn't that how many cantaloupes can get stacked in a box or something? Sort of. Uh, basically, we're talking about how densely you can squish equally sized spheres into an area. So, say in a three-dimensional space, perfectly stacked packed spheres will take up about 74% of a given volume, at least so far. Of course, that doesn't consider irregular packing, unequal spheres, arrangements in high dimensions, things like that. Uh, um, yeah, that that really makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. It's really all technical stuff, very boring. Uh, uh, hang on, I have to check my dinner. Anyway, uh, this project has potential. It's just going slow because... Uh, shit, my dinner's ruined. I think my pan is busted. Everything in the middle of burn, and all the other stuff is raw. Oh, gross. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Some of it's still good. I, I can make this work. Uh, hang on. Damn it. What, what happened? Uh, I opened my cabinet and all my bowls fell out. Sorry, I need to take care of this. I'll talk to you later. A few days later, I was doing a little shopping, and by chance I saw a sign for Dan's lab across the street from where I was parked. I had a little time to kill, so I made my way over to say hi. I wasn't sure what the protocol was for this kind of thing, but the secretary there was very polite, and before long I was led back to meet a researcher, Alex. Uh, sorry, Dan isn't here today. He he hasn't been feeling well, so he's working from home. Uh, sorry to hear it. I'll probably be on my way then. Would you like a tour before you go? You could see the supercomputer if you like. I would like... Turns out there's quite a bit of variance between supercomputers. The one I saw was just a desktop, but Alex assured me that it was very powerful and connected to a worldwide network of servers. I can admit I was a little disappointed until Alex took pity on me, and realizing I didn't have the brain power to appreciate the math, offered to let me play with the 3D headset that they used to look at sphere clusters. I dove in and had a great time watching galaxies of hovering spheres rearranging themselves into different arrangements and stacks. Check this out. We've been checking out what happens when we add some deformities and imperfections. Instead of spheres, I modeled these shapes off an apple. When we change them from spheres to apples, the whole pile changes shape. Exactly. 
It balloons out in places, and more space is created in other spots. Of course, this is mostly for fun, but it, it might give us some insights down the road. brain was full of terminology that immediately faded as I left, but I had a good time. I remember thinking how lucky Dan was to have an intuition about this kind of thing. It seemed like the world was full of secrets that the really clever people of the world could crack open and enjoy. On my way across the office park, I passed under an apple tree, and just as I did, something landed on my head. I picked the thing up. It was perfectly round, with patches of yellow and red, and at first I thought it must be some kind of kid's playground ball, but the spot where it had hit me had become soft and dented. It took me a second to realize it was an apple, the most perfectly round apple I had ever seen. There was a single ridge along the surface, it was the apple's stem almost perfectly fused onto the skin of the fruit. I stared at the apple for a minute, and then threw it back under the tree with a shrug and headed home. I didn't hear from Dan for another week. A power outage had hit the whole area, and I was scrolling through my phone in the dark with a handful of candles burning. Outside, I could hear the angry honking of cars. According to the emergency alert, an intersection nearby had collapsed into some kind of sinkhole, and traffic was backed up for a mile. Hello? Hey, do you know anything about pack rats? Pack rats? Uh, no, I, uh... Because I think I have pack rats. My apartment is all messed up, I can't find my toothbrush or my comb, or anything, and I keep finding these weird little logs of plastic around. Are, are you okay? You sound weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm better than okay. The simulations worked. Uh, we're racking our brains for anything we could do, but all it took was a little randomization, so no big deal. We started the sphere arrangements based on outside data, random numbers at data sets, music, city geography, even a picture of my face, all feeding hyperspheres in 10-dimensional space. All of a sudden, the simulations started responding. We are way past 74%, and it's only going to get better. Dan, slow down. When's the last time you got some sleep? Honestly, haven't needed it. Besides, my mattress has been killing my back. You have no idea. Here, here, listen to this. I'm going to put my phone against the wall. Okay, you hear that? At first I thought it was just the pipes, but I swear, I swear I can hear furniture sliding around in there. Who's moving furniture at 2 a.m.? Listen, maybe you should try to eat something. Is, is there some... Is there something wrong with your camera? Everything's looking a little weird. No can do. Everything in the fridge is spoiled. The fridge door has this big gap in it. When I try to close it, the whole thing's bowed out. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. When my research gets public, I can publish. I can buy as many fridges as I want. Solid gold ones. And it's like, ow, fuck my jaw. Something's wrong. Wait, no. Dan? Uh... Dan, what happened? Before the video cut out, I got a view of his face. The image looked strange, and it was dark, but... I expected to see teeth, and what I saw was a mouthful of marbles. I raced to my car and headed for Dan's apartment. The roads were even worse than before. I had to take some back roads around the city center because more sinkholes had opened up. Emergency alerts screeched over the radio, but the signals were too distorted to understand. 
I finally reached the apartment and climbed the stairs that were starting to sag under my weight. Dan's door was bowing out like a ship's sail. When I went inside, burst pipes were filling the room with water, making a dark pool in the center of the room. I sloshed my way through, past a bookshelf bent over backwards into an impossibly perfect loop, past a rough sphere of glass and plastic that might have been a TV once, past a cell phone ringing, precariously balanced on a warped and sinking coffee table. I saw the name of Dan's lab on the screen before it shattered as the phone curled up into itself like a burning piece of paper. And then I saw something lodged in the gap between a bent wall and a slowly morphing couch. I saw him. His body was hideously bent in on itself, with a warped shoulder and calf covering Dan's face, with the exception of one panicked eye, and somehow, in that impossibly small gap, he fit perfectly. Friends, I hope the lesson you take away from this story is to leave your work at work. Carve out some space for yourself. You're worth it. You can't expect the people who cut the checks to help you out with that kind of thing. To quote baseball legend Willie Stargell, They give you a round bat, and they throw you a round ball, and they tell you to hit it square. Hey, Mike here again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our guest voice this time was Marco Morellis. Marco took a lot of time out of their busy schedule involving machine learning to be on my podcast, so uh, no accounting for taste, but thanks a bunch, Marco. Uh, you can find Marco's work at horseless.io. Uh, Marco also gave me maybe the best advice I've ever heard in my life a long time ago, and I will pass it on to you right now. If you meet someone who claims that they are a time traveler, the least you can do is buy them a beer. The music and story for this episode were written by me, Micah Cheek, uh, with editing by Jax Schnelli. You can find Jax's stuff at JL Schnelli on Twitter. That's at JL underscore S-C-H-N-E-L-L-E. And the audio for this episode was mixed by Hunter Cheek. Uh, Hunter's stuff can be found at H-Bomb Espresso on Instagram. Thanks a bunch, bud. All right, stick around for the next episode. It's going to be a good one. Bye.